I've been doing that. Even though every white guy impulse in me wants to continue the singing of the song. You want to hit the start timer on there? You want to hit... You want to start podcasting, genius? Now, Instagram had those reels, like little videos or whatever. So this one kind of shocked me. It said, you know how you can stand? I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to fall down tonight. You cross your ankles and you go down and you come back up. Okay, now they're saying how well you go down and come back up tells you how well you're aging. I did not know that. Apparently, I died last Tuesday. (laughs) Surprise. Hello, and welcome to Carnival Personnel Sideshow. Uh, today, it's uh, it's just me and Joe here, and we're going to be talking to a comedian I just saw recently that her, her comedy her comedy really hit home with me for a lot of reasons we'll get into. Uh, but uh, Joe and I would like to welcome comedian Lauren Sims to Carnival Personnel. Hello, Lauren. Hey, oh. how are you? Thanks for having me. It's Greg. Fuck. Okay. Sorry. Uh, it's it's Mr. Greg Bogus filling in because neither Joe or Biff uh, can make themselves available because they don't love me enough, uh, which nobody blames them. But yes, I'm sorry. It is Greg and Greg Bogus, who is the founder, president, CEO, and curator of the most popular comedy show in the Merrimack Valley, uh, north of Boston, Mondo Comedy, which which you can see the last Thursday of every month at the Lunar Theater at Mill Number no. Five. Um, Greg has curated this event for many years, which we'll talk about. Uh, he's mistakenly put me up three times at it, in which I've Don't got to. Oh, again. <laughs> You know, the fact it happened a second time is more than a miracle, but it's fantastic because I get to walk around saying uh, I've got to open for some big names, but every month that I'm not up there, I go because every month, you know, Greg just brings in just just a headliner that, you know, uh, it's great because I only have to drive five miles to see it, but these are headliners who have been national headliners sometimes from the 80s, Uh, you know, uh, you know, Mike Donovan has been a headliner since the mid to late 70s. And every time he fills out the whole lineup with some of the best up and comers, some new guys, some new ladies. Um, and that's where I just saw, you know, this week's guest. And I got to tell you, Greg, I absolutely was enthralled with the last Mondo comedy lineup. And because the median age was uh, not 25. And I think it was absolutely wonderful that you had, uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the lady's name. I think she was Doris like Ballard. 74, 74, yeah, 75. So. Oh my God, was she great? She was. Yes, she was very, very funny. Very, uh, 
endearing and and uh, uh, salty and funny and charming and uh, always a pleasure to work with. And I got to tell you, her husband has to be the yeah. best. Like all of us with significant others or children in our lives, we kind of got to be careful what we put out there. But she had no safety net and her husband was along for the ride. And he just has to be the most wonderful sport ever. Well, they have some great stories because for years they ran an ice cream shop in Concord, but also they like uh, did balloonograms and things like that. So they, so he was like a, you know, uh, a, a clown kind of balloonogram guy that would do whatever you wanted to have when you got your balloon delivered. So he was, you know, quite the ham, classic ham. And, oh. and he's still very, very funny. He actually used to perform really uh, a little bit of comedy. Yeah. So uh, Doris great. is now the, the, the queen. Greg, I'll let you uh, take over for a second and, and let me know, uh, you know, how how you uh, you two came to be and how uh, Miss Sims ended up on the last Luna lineup. Yeah, so uh, when I'm booking the shows, I usually talk to the headliner and see if there's somebody that they want to bring along and give a guest spot to. I usually have, uh, you know, at least two, sometimes three or even four, you know, short guest spots for new comics to kind of, uh, you know, come and, and have folks take a look at them or, you know, uh, people who've been around for a bit to just work out some material. Um, so it's not common for, you know, like Justin McKinney or, or Michael McDonald or, or, or uh, Steve York to pop in and do, you know, eight or 10 minutes of new material to work on this stuff. Uh, that being said, the headliner was Tony V of course, Boston comedy legend, uh, and he, uh, when I asked, uh, recommended Lauren Sims and I had seen Lauren, you know, uh, in passing and knew that she was making her way up and around and out and about on the comedy scene, but had never, uh, you know, come to really know her. And so she came the night of the Tony V headlining show and did a great spot. And she was a real pleasure to watch. And I'm certainly going to have her back again at the Luna. Thank you so much, Greg. That's yeah. sweet to hear. Thank you. Sure. It so was look, a great night. It was yeah, a it was great night. It, it's it like I said, I don't th I think I missed one Luna when I was in LA since you've come back. And and that night it was. It was the the, the undercart was great. Uh Tony V, I've seen him a few times and every single time I spend the next three or four days just quoting just just telling whoever yeah. i can and then i always like but that's not what i'm here to talk about oh, yeah. every every time um and, and and yeah this was a night where you know steve bjork came in he worked out he was working out a new thing it didn't he, he didn't hit hit it and it got a you know a real pro paints himself into a corner and and got a huge laugh hitting the reset button doing that joke about two weeks later, I got to go see him in Boston, and we and, and and the joke just flew. It just absolutely, and we talked about how that night at Luna, basically he got to work it twice. Once, okay, that didn't work. Did it the second time, worked, and then when I saw him, but uh, but let let's turn to 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 Lauren. Um, how long have you been doing this? Um, well, I started in twenty nineteen. And it started with me taking a walk. I was working in Boston. Um, I went on a walk with my girlfriends at lunch and I walked straight down Summer Street. 
and bumped into the convention center and the Renaissance Hotel. And I saw this little sign that said Laugh Boston. And I said, huh, never saw that before. So I went back to my desk at work and looked it up. And it's a comedy club. And they had classes. And I said, huh. So I looked up and I went back and forth. And I was like, oh, I don't But then I said to myself, if I don't do this now, I will regret it for the rest of my life. And I did. And guess who my teacher was? Uh, was it Mr. Mike Katrobis? No, Tony V. Tony V. <sighs> Wow. Okay. Because I know Mike runs in classes. I should have guessed that. Yeah. How great. Tony yeah. V. Yeah. It's like getting. It was, it was incredible. It was like, yeah. you know, I, I went there and I was like so nervous. I mean, I'm, I mean, people kept saying I was funny, but I'm like, I don't know. I've been an admin for like 20 years and, you know, had the kids and the house and then, and I'm like, I want to do something for me. And this was my chance. And I had Tony V as my teacher. So I really kind of got blessed with that one. So, yeah. Sure. Like getting painting lessons from Rembrandt. It's it's uh, quite the thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like the most nervous when the first night, it was like a Tuesday night. It was in the summertime. I wasn't sure how to hold the mic right, where to put the sand. I didn't know how to. And I was just like, oh, God, what am I doing? And then it just got easier every week. Because Tony really breaks it down for you. And he just, you just got to keep it simple. Honestly, you have a beginning, a middle, and a boom at the end. That's it. You know? And I did three levels with him. So we're doing the levels. It's now February 2020. Do you see where I'm going with this? How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah. So... We, we had our final class in February and kind of like as a graduation present to our class, um, Ryan Cott from Laugh Boston came to class, saw us, was really impressed with us and everything. And he said, we'd like to give you kind of like a graduation present. And he gave us five minutes at Nick's Comedy Stop. That's huge. That's great. I was like, I'm going to Mecca. I'm going, I'm going to the holiest of holy places in Boston comedy. And I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. And the night came and it was great. I was like, this is it. This is it. It was the first Friday of March. Yeah. And one week later, the city shut down. Oh. And then one week after that, the whole world shut down. Yep. But like Tony told me, cause I was saying like, boss what do we what do we do are we gonna have class i already paid for the class for like level four we're going oh it's only gonna last two weeks and it didn't wow. so basically i stayed home and i was on zoom calls with my kids teachers and class and just staying safe and i was writing stuff and it really wasn't until like i did like i did i did try like a zoom show mm. Yeah. <laughs> I just was yeah. like, I can't. No, I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. I mean, I tried it. It went okay. I'm like, I pray God this is not where we're going to be going because there's something missing. And I just was like, 
I'm like, get those vaccines going, kids. Let's go. So <laughs> every, once- every Zoom comedy show should be played like the Hollywood Squares. That's I'm convinced of that, that it just should be a game show. Because <laughs> I just think that it's a hard, it's a hard slog, and making it, it something is. like that makes it yeah. easier for the comics. And by the way, I do realize that I'm outside, so I'm going to progressively disappear into the night. <laughs> it's beautiful mood lighting, though, Greg. It's so lovely. Uh, Greg, did uh, did you do a bit a bunch of Zoom shows? Did you try to do? I, I didn't know- really. I, I did a couple, but I just uh, after a, a couple. I mean, I, I did some interviews and things like that, but I didn't really do any zoom comedy um just uh wasn't my bag yeah so lauren what was your first uh what what was your first entry back into comedy when the world started to open up i just started hitting open mics um i used to love going down to the green dragon uh near faneuil hall um jessica cassiano you got it awesome girl awesome very funny um hysterical I love yeah. working with her. Um, yeah. And Green Dragon can be tough because you never know who you're going to get in there. So you're either playing for frat boys or foreign tourists, which is can be fun. When it's not, it gets really weird. Um, <laughs> but it's a great it, it, it's a great launching pad. You re- you can really work out some good material there. Um, just started doing open mics. Um, didn't really have. To be quite honest, I don't even think my first book show was until like last year. I really kind of, you know, I was just doing the mics, going to shows, supporting people, going to giggles, hanging out, meeting the comics. Um, And really in the last year, it's really, really picked up. I've been doing a lot of shows. Um, People are saying, hey, do you want to come be on my show? I heard a lot of good things about you. You want to come down? Yeah, sure. We'll bet. And that's just how it is. That's how it works. You just start going to shows you start supporting people you start you know hanging out and, and going on podcasts and everything and that's just how it works and did you when you did you when you went into comedy and you have your first show and you start telling co-workers and friends were they like oh my god what are you doing or were they like oh it's about time you're doing it were you always the funny person in your group at the office it's weird it's 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 funny i mean people were like Cause I didn't tell anyone that I was doing classes. Only a couple of people knew that I was doing classes until I like announced it on Facebook when I had like our graduation show. And at first people were like, Oh, wow, look at you. I'm going to do comedy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, give it a shot, you know? Um, and then there were a couple of people going, yeah, you're funny girl. Come on, you can do this. Um, and then, it's like it's it's funny. I was I was I was doing a show um, in Mansfield, my hometown, and I was working with Dave Radigan and Jimmy Dunn, and I had promoted the show and was hoping to see a lot of good old friends and everything, and nobody showed up. Bastards! I, it was the weirdest thing. I had my auntie and my cousin come in from Norwood, so that was kind of fun. Norwood. I had, I had a, a good friend from a comedy writing uh, class come in. His son came, but like nobody else showed up. And I was talking to Jimmy Dunn in the green room. I was, I was telling him, you know, he goes, Hey, hometown girl, how many people you got out there? I said, no, no one. no." One. Um, he's like, two. Don't tell yeah. yourself short. Well, they're from Norway. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were, and he's like, you know what? It happens all the time. 
it, it's just part of the business. It's part of your career. Sometimes they're going to come and sometimes they're not. And the and best I can do is just, I promote my shows. I want right. people to come and see it. If you want to come great, I'd love to have you come down. But after a while, it gets hard. It, do, it does get hard. And you're a mom. You, how many kids do we got? I have two. I have and two teenage <laughs> girls. Uh, one just turned 15. One's about to turn 18. <laughs> That's have, what I do. Have they seen your comedy? No. <laughs> do 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 they think you're running like late night errands or do they know no, they do they do know that i'm in comedy um they do know i've been on podcasts um they just not have i tell them there's a lot of language but then i have to kind of correct myself going they were home with me for a year during covid they've heard every bad word come out of mama's mouth including a few i've actually made up <laughs> So, but they know that the places that I do comedy um, are for adults. So, see, the, the, I, 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 everybody's parenting style is different. Uh, I had a friend in from LA looking at colleges with his daughter and his wife, and and my buddy and his wife met at Yale. They're super smart. Super, both both played hockey at Yale, and their daughter is like looking at Boston College, and he's like. Uh, hey, let's go see one of your show. I didn't have anything booked, but they were like right by Nick's. And we were walking up to Nick's with my friend, you know, Joe, who I do the podcast with usually. And I'm like, oh, crap. We got my little guy who's 13. But the same thing. He has seen everything. So uh, it's funny how age restrictions go away for 20 bucks. <laughs> and and so he, he went there. Uh, I was just in L.A. and I did a bunch of shows and he went to a bunch of shows. My oldest kid who's 15 will be 16 in a couple days we were in new york visiting his cousin in february and on the way out of town I'm like yeah i'm gonna hit this mic and i went to sign up i was gonna put him in a restaurant and the guy either didn't care didn't notice ask are you both comics and uh and he's like sure and so he went up for his first time at 15 but he's done no, a lot nice. of he's done a lot of theater oh yeah well and, and then he did a show like a week later and it was just kind of gibberish with a couple funny things thrown in but he was so calm and so and so many comedians like dude i've been doing this for four years and i haven't got that relaxed yet so so my commenting style is yeah it's easy to just take you with me than to drive you the hour out of the way to grammy so you're just gonna sit here and and and, and by the way i'm gonna be making fun of you most of the time so just suck it up but uh no it's always interesting if people's friends um you know are just because because we're all in the same age group and you know greg you've been doing this forever so it's not a sh it's a shock if you hey, weren't hey, doing hey. comedy well you know what i mean it's like you you you're you're a vet uh but those of us who started later I'm always curious if you were, were you the funny one of your friends and your family, Lauren? Oh yeah. No, no, you weren't. I was, I mean, I like to be, I was like the drama kid in high school. Like my last two years, I did like, you know, choir and, and thing. I would always think of something funny to say, but I never had the courage to say it out loud. It wasn't until I was like in college that there was this one time I was at this uh, place we all used to hang out at. Uh, I went to Bridgewater State. And we used to go to the thing called the Charlie Horse. Oh, back in the day. Um, and it was, a, it was a club and we was dancing and, and music and everything like that. And I this was a really cute guy there. And we were talking and he said something. And I thought of something really funny to say. And I said it out loud. And he laughed. And I'm like, huh, this could be the beginning of something. 
but then it took me, I didn't start doing comedy until I was uh, 48. Hey, Greg, were yeah, you? It took a while. Took a while. <laughs> Greg, you were always a class clown? I was. I was the youngest of six. And when you're the youngest, you become the family mascot. Um, you know, every, you, you tend to be like, you know, older than your years because you're surrounded by a bunch of older people and their friends and things like that. And then you just learn how to be, you know, a wise ass of, you know, like I said, a, a family mascot. Um, and, uh, and of course you don't realize way back then that charm is a, uh, is, is a non-renewable resource. <laughs> uh, I may have used some of my best energy when I was about eight. <laughs> the well is, the well is running dry. So, so Lauren, how do you balance like you uh, with, are, are your, are your daughters active in sports or activities and how do you balance, you get a call to do a Friday night show or do a Saturday night thing and they have a recital or whatever activities they're in. How do you, how do you make it all happen? Um, lots of alcohol. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> naps in the afternoon help. Um, no, um, they, they, they have little activities that they do after school there, but they're usually done by like three thirty, four o'clock. So it's, hasn't kicked into anything, you know, major yet. Most of the stuff that I do is at night. Um, Wednesday nights I do, um, bada bingo at Capo's at, in Southie. Um, I call numbers. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I do is on like, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, maybe Thursday nights. Um, and it's usually kind of late, so it hasn't, you know, we haven't had too much issues but their dad is great um he you know helps with the pickups and stuff when needed or has to be home for them or or what have you um so it helps it helps have a good friend around how often how often how often do you get out to work on material at mics and shows how like in a week month how many times do you think you're you're rocking the mic um it really depends on what's out there um what mics are going on what i have going on um the summer time was really dead it was really really quiet i didn't have a lot of shows i went to a few mics um but i spent my summer doing a lot of writing and stuff so that kind of kept me busy kept my brain going um next like for example like for next week you know i'm gonna probably be home monday tuesday but then i've got stuff wednesday through saturday so i'm gonna be on another podcast i'm gonna be doing i'm actually hosting my first uh show at the china Plaza mm. with wicked funny oh um, that's fantastic yes i'm really excited about that uh wicked funny at the china blossom i'm hosting my first real show there uh working with tony b uh steve scarfo steve bjork and it's gonna be a great night i'm really excited it's a big it's a big it's a highlight for me this week no, that's that's absolutely absolutely huge, Greg. How often are you getting out on on a, a monthly basis? How many times do you think, other than Mondo, are you getting behind a mic? I mean, it's not as good as it was, you know, uh, pre-pandemic, but it's clicking back up. So it's probably like about seventy-five percent. So you know, I average two shows a week. This week, I was uh, Friday. I was down in old old Saybrook. Connecticut at the the Catherine Hepburn Theater, um, and then uh, Saturday I was in the Goncourt Man at the Levitt Theater, um, and both fun shows. Old Saybrook was just unbelievable. It was a three hundred people sold out crowd, and, and they were just 
on fire from the beginning. It was a great well, night. Was that the show I was talking to you while you were driving to? Uh, on Friday, I assume. You, yeah, yeah. And you, and you, there was like a pre. That's a great crap. Now, yeah, that was me and uh, Dan Crone and Kathy Ferris and Aaron McGuire, and so it was a really, really fun, lineup. fun show. So I'll I'll ask you first, Greg. Uh, do you, how much do you like hosting first doing stand up? Is would you say on par? You like hosting both, or you like? You know, you, you can do both, but you rather do one or the other. I mean, I, I look at it as part of stand-up, so I don't really separate the two. Okay. There's a, you know, there's a weird thing where people think that, like, an M, you know, for uh, on comedy shows, very rarely do you have, like, a an MC. It's, it's always a comic who's hosting, so they're doing time. Uh, and I find it fun because no, you know, there's been, like, no level set for the room, so you kind of get to go in there and you know, bring the crowd up to a to a good level, and so um, you know, I think I and I think a good host helps to make for a really good night, and then you know, a not so good host makes the night harder on all the other comics. And you know, one of the things that s- some comics do is end up doing way too much time as a host, and they end up kind of really chewing into everybody else's time and making the show go incredibly long and that always makes it hard in the headliner and i always think that you know in order to make a good show you certainly want to have the headliner sitting in the catbird seat when they're ready to go up the crowd isn't you know two hours and 20 minutes into a show right and ready ready to you know call the babysitter ready to go home you know uh, uh getting more hammered than they should be you know and so i think that makes a huge a huge difference that you kind of run a tight a tight show and keep the show you know, around an hour and a half or so uh and hosting is fun it's it's definitely a a fun way to to get your chops too you know what i mean because you you have to get out there and kind of do some of the heavy lifting and get the crowd up off the ground and and it makes and it makes you better as a comic and so this is going to be your first show hosting a a real show Lori, coming up technically second this would be my first one working with wicked funny my first hosting gig was last month with uh, Dave Radigan's group, Scamps uh, Comedy Products Productions. Um, and it was Dave Radigan, myself, and Jimmy Dunn. Oh, nice. Oh, that's fantastic. I. Yeah. It's funny because, uh, you know, uh, on this podcast, I... It's funny. I was talking, and I, I hate to be that guy, but drop a couple names here. But I'm talking to Jimmy Q, and he was talking about the lack of good host across the board that every host that he's he does a lot of cruise ships and all the cruise ship hosts don't want to host they want to be comics and he said they sign these 12-week contracts and just as they start to become good hosts they're like i'm not resigning to come back as a host i'll only come back as a comic and then you got to break in the new guy which takes six or seven weeks and it's funny because again i was at mondo comedy i bought mike donovan's book and he had a whole chapter about the lost art of hosting and then I saw a show that was produced by, you know, Mike Katrobis. And Steve Bjork was the headliner. And exactly what you just said, Greg, the the host wasn't good. And by the time the by the time he passed the mic off to Steve, 
this guy had taken the energy out of the room. But of course, Bjork's a pro. I mean, literally, I don't I don't think it was three. Maybe he was off a little and it took him four seconds to turn the room. But I was talking to Mike about it. And Mike's like, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've been asked to host a hosting class which I have not hosted something yet. I, I'm hosting something for Jim McHugh and a few weeks up in Maine, but I took Mike's class. And, and it's great talking to you now, both of you, about this because it, 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 it's interesting how few people don't understand that there is a line. You're supposed to be funny, but like you just said, Greg, you can't go too long because, yeah, now that extra 15 minutes, five minutes in between each person, you're killing the babysitter time. You're killing, you know, you're you're going to have that no. second beer, third beer. And then when you get the host up and it's funny because the things that Mike was pointing out and we had a great discussion about this. I'm not a crowd work guy. I'm not a crowd work guy, but I like to involve the crowd a little, but there's a difference between being a black belt in crowd work like Jim McHugh. And, right. but, my, but Mike's whole thing is like, you can't do crowd work as an MC or a host because there's only so many people. And if, yeah. if, if, if you're pulling fish out of this very small pond, right. <laughs> you know, you know, like with you coming up at China Blossom, what a great place to host a show. What a great place to see a show. Uh, if there's a problem with that place, it's the spotlight is so hard. You can only see the first or second row. So you crowd work with the first or second row, and then you bring up Tony V. You know, he, he's just literally pointing, hoping there's, hey, you over there, hoping that there's somebody, you know, ma'am, sir, you know, sorry, person. Uh, so, so are you, um, so interesting. Are you nervous, excited? What are you thinking going into this China Blossom show? Um, I'm excited. I really am. Um, but I've been hearing, you know, I hear things from people. I've been hearing, you know, and the biggest complaint they say is that the host does too much, does too much time up front. And it kills it. It honestly does. I've seen it happen. Um, it ain't pretty, kids. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out like little snippets that I can do in between. Um, and then just do my 10 minutes up the front, do a little bit in between, do a wonderful, uh, you know, welcome for, for Tony V and then let him do the rest. Yeah, one of the things to remember when when hosting, a lot of people forget, yeah. is that is that there's this little window of time between the feature or the middle or at, middle act and the headliner that is often uh, a stampede for the bar or the bathroom or a combination of both. So yeah. you kind of got to chew in a couple of minutes up, mm -hmm. just so that that commotion stops down. And sometimes it's kind of hard, you know. That's the, the crowd is like off of their their herd mentality. They're kind of broken up into a little bit. Uh, and so it's literally just riding through that little bit of a storm and then and then waiting till, you know, people come back and then and then bring up your headliner and kind of, you know, rally them as the crowd again. But a lot of people forget that, that there's this little weird interim between the middler and the headliner, where especially the headline, uh, the middler has a great set and people are like, oh, OK, I'll be right back. And 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 you do you go up. And I used to used to do it up in uh, in Portland. Uh, you would go up, and they would have Bob Marley come in and do a guest spot. And of course, Bob would come in and and take a blowtorch to the room. 
And then you would have to go up and literally, you know, walk over the coals for a couple of minutes until the crowd, you know, got their senses back to them. And then, you know, once you're finished chewing it for a few minutes, bring up the headliner and then they can kind of, that's the room's been reset. (laughs) Greg, what a great, what a fantastic piece of advice, Greg, because I, I I didn't think of that. You're right. Because a a middle person's doing 2025. And so at that point of a 90 minute show, you're at the halfway point. Yeah. You're about 45 minutes into the show. Right. And that's, you know, I, you know, and where I am uh, blessed with a hamster bladder. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, you know, that's the perfect time to, you know, to go. Wow. What a, my ties kick in. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that is absolutely a fantastic piece of, of hosting advice. Um, and so, OK, so here's the next question uh, for you, Lauren. Uh, how much at what point do you do you see yourself taking that next step where you know uh, uh, the 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 night gig becomes the gig? Sign me up. <laughs> All right. Would you be Take able? Because I know so many of the people that we've mentioned, like their real bread and butter is. I mean, just, you know, uh, a Jim Colton and a bunch of those guys that we've had on the podcast, their bread and butter is once a month, once every three weeks, getting on a cruise ship for a week, um, which kind of takes the day job aspect out of it because you can only use so many personal days if if that becomes a thing. Is that something you're you're working towards? Do you have a goal that you're working towards or just see what happens and see what happens? No, this this is it. This is this is my goal. Um, I worked for a company for 22 years, um, and in the middle of the pandemic, uh, while we are all still working home, they offered a voluntary buyout. Oh, so you, you have the time. Um, I do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we caught that, right, right, Greg? It's not paying me by the week. Um, I love having the time, but like I said, I mean, I was burnt out as an admin, you know, 22 years doing the same job. It was, it it burns you out. It really and truly does. Um, And this brings me joy. This brings me just joy. And how much, how much, and same with you, Greg, um, how much do you guys, and I'll start with you, Lauren, how much do you balance the promotion marketing, working on your website, working on social media, you know, going to shows to network with other comics, like how much time a week are you working on these different aspects? And, and are you good at these different aspects? (laughs) Um, I'm not the most tech savvy. I will be freely, I will freely admit this, seeing that when I was logging on to this, I hadn't done a Zoom call in so long, I had to have an update. Leave it to me, right? Um, to be quite honest, I don't think I've put enough time into doing it. Um, you know, I have business cards. That was my first big, woo, I got a business card. That's really not, you know, the most conducive to help me get where I, I am right now. Um, I do think in the next few months that's going to be changing. Um, I'd like to start working on a website possibly um, maybe having like a YouTube channel uh, where I can put my clips uh, and things like that. But I need to start going more towards saying here, here's a great comic for you. Come get me. And I have to start doing that more. 
absolutely. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. You know, I, I use my Instagram page and my Facebook page to promote all kinds of comedy stuff, my shows, other people's shows, uh, podcasts that I was doing with a good friend of mine. Um, but I need to do more of that. And it has to be really more focused on me working more. Right. And that's what I really have to start doing. What about you, Greg? How how much do you pour into Because, you, you know, and, and you know, obviously you, you're you the vet and you're established and you produce shows and I can't turn on, I can't flip through Instagram without seeing, you know, you at Chunky's in Manchester this week and at this show like in Maine the next week. But how often do you still, you know, do, do you work on, you know, hey, I have to have a presence, I have to keep up with this? Or are you so well ingrained where, you know, the kind of the machinery is already in place to to sustain what you're doing? I mean, yeah, a good three, four minutes every month is <laughs> is my. No, you know, I mean, I, I try. Uh, you know, I used to, I used to like audition a lot for com- for commercials and movie parts. Um, but I have ever since the pandemic, it's it's shifted to like the self audition thing, and for me, it's like a homework assignment, and I have this weird reflexive like, oh God, I, I've got to sit down and do this, and so I just don't do it because that's. You know, I'm a, I'm averse to like assignments, and so that has that has really fallen off the cliff. Um, and I used to, like I said, would you know, average a number of you know whether it's print ads or TV commercials or whatever a year, and that has and that has seriously waned. Uh, you know, comedy. I still, you know, certainly when I do my own shows, I promote it and I work with the the venues to to you know cross promote and what have you. Uh, and I always try to promote shows that i'm on too you know uh and sometimes i'll actually you know send you know you know dms to people that i know in, in an area and see if they can come to the show and it's been you know actually this summer I ended up with a with a bunch of shows where people i know came so it was kind of fun to catch up with people by the way i do realize i'm slowly morphing into colonel kurtz from apocalypse <laughs> now I mean, there was a, a snail on a razor blade <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, but you're like, you're, you're like the voice of reasoning from the abyss. Uh, I, I will take it. So, Lauren, where does your comedy come from? My crazy-ass life. Where else? <laughs> um, my crazy life, you know. Um, you know, someone had said, you know, write what you know. Um, I've done bits on perimenopause. <laughs> that's my crazy life right now um having two teenage daughters that's my crazy life right now um but i think i'm veering more now and i'm i'm having fun with this it's just uh kind of like reliving my childhood i'm a gen xer and gen xers are getting left behind in the dust they just we have become the Jan Brady of generations, basically. <laughs> um, and I really need to speak up for us Gen Xers, though we really don't really care about it, but we kind of do, but we really don't. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, it's funny. I know I'm 52 years old. Okay. I, I freely admit that. But I literally think the 80s was just maybe like oh, 20 years ago. Right? Yeah. I mean, I was at an open mic. And I looked around, I think I might've been like the oldest person in the room, but this kid got up. Okay. And he started with, yeah, I was born in 2002. And I'm like, no, you weren't. And then I'm like, 
I'm like, oh my god, you were the horror. The horror. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm old enough to be your Oh, you know, it, it's funny because I, I joke about that a lot. I'm 54 and, you know, and, and I, you know, I have a, I have a bit about that because when I started, I'm going to these mics. There was one kid who was great who couldn't go to the mic I went to in Manchester without his dad because he's 17. And so he could go to the safe in Lowell because they didn't give a fuck, but to go into the, the one there. But, the, I, you know, I joked about being like, you know, I work really hard not to give off the judgy dad vibe. One day I'm going from Mike A to Mike B and I'm, I'm driving this kid from Lowell, sweet kid, and we're just talking. And it turns out, you know, his dad who had passed away a couple years earlier, uh, we moved out of Wilmington when I was going from the ninth grade to the 10th grade. But had we stayed in Wilmington, he would have been a classmate with my sister who's a year older than me. And it's like, oh, my fuck. I actually could be this kid's dad you know driving there and it's tough because it's one of those things and, and i'm interested to see especially you lauren because you haven't been in the open mic circuit in quite some time great but lauren doing it just a couple years ago or even going now to work on stuff uh it, you know how tough is that where you're going in and it's 22 23 year olds who are talking about getting high getting drunk and well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's the first few mics I went to, I'm like, um, did I choose the right career? Have I made the wrong choice? Um, it is hard because it's like they do the same bits. Marijuana, jerking off, and saying something derogatory about their mother or and or father. That's it. Hey, you're stepping all over my act here. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, Greg. Apologies, sir. And the, and the scary thing is, the kids who are coming, and I can call them kids because they are. They are. They don't know the basics of just how to tell a joke. Hmm. That kind of drives me insane. It's like, you can be an observationalist. You can totally, but for the love of God, get to your punchline in a reasonable amount of time. That's not making me go, is it time to go yet? Yeah. Are you there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Because they just go on forever and no one has told them, scale back. Get you know, this is a question for for Greg because uh, Greg, one of the many things that Greg does is he puts so much positive stuff out into the community. Again, letting complete hacks like me go up. Um, you know, I don't know how many people first first quote unquote real booking came through Greg, and it's so funny, Greg, because. You and I won't mention names, but there's so many times you find some great kids, you know, kids or even somebody who's 30 who's getting into it or stuff like that, that you put up that just, you know, uh, can't play to a room where the median age is over 40. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's like... It, I, I, I'm interested to see, like, your thought when... Do you, do you ever tell these kids? It's like, look... You know, I'll go do a mic where everybody is trying to be edgy and really push the envelope and get the Netflix special versus I'm trying to get 
to open for Tony V at a Knights of Columbus fundraiser for Chelmsford High Youth Soccer, and I'm going to be talking yeah. to people 40. Yeah, part of the, the curse is is playing too many rooms where you're only playing to comics. And so when you're only playing to comics, I mean, there's you know no more of a jaded crowd in life, right, than a bunch of comics, whether they're successful or just starting out, right? They're, you know, uh, it's it's definitely a high jaded factor, and so the you know the 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 clubs and the truncheons and the baseball bats come out to beat you over the head with the, you know bukkake jokes or whatever, um, and so so there is a uh, you know there used to be a little bit more of like a, a a governor that was applied by some of the the veteran comics, and you know a lot of people freak out about uh, you know whatever canceling and all political correctness but there's also like ever since i've been doing comedy there was always like hey you know uh you want to open for a corporate show you can't swear and you can't make fun of whatever the product is you know and so you there was always like 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 you know uh, uh barriers and, and ribbons you weren't supposed to run through throughout my life so so when you know when when people are like oh you can't go to a college anymore i'm like well yeah you can and you can do do material but chances are if it's you know it's a college with a with a significantly you know uh, diverse group of people you know maybe some of your you know 1950s uh mr magoo uh, uh right. chinese person impressions aren't going to go over that well you know um and so there is a weird weird thing where you know you know comedy now is terrible because you can't say anything and yet <laughs> when you go to this open mic and it's literally a pretty pretty much a litany of 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 some pretty you know saying anything uh a, a type of comics right yeah and, and and you're again where you have shows that that range in age and you'll have a comic up there i've been in the room where you've had a great comic a kid who's like 22 23 and you've had a mike donovan on the same bill and yeah. you and those those kids and and i just i don't mean to sound like i'm talking down or preaching if that's how it seems i apologize but they have to realize uh tony v's yeah, crowd knock it off dad mike my, <laughs> no it's like mike donovan's median age if they're if they're coming to see a young crowd from mike donovan is our age, like Lauren and I, it's early 50s, mid 50s sure. and stuff like that. And so that stuff is just not going to go. And it's like, yeah, but in you, what, what's the old saying? It's like even, was it the Marx Brothers or is it was like Jack Benny? It's like, it's got to play in Peoria. It's like the old <laughs> thing. It's like, it's if it works on the West Coast, great. If it works on the East Coast, great. But you got a shitload of shows going from point A to B that this has to fly in. And it's the same kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and you also have to, you know, like like win the crowd over before you, you know, kick them in the nuts. You know what I mean? Or, right. or you know, slap in the face. You know, some people are have real charismatic, uh, and and you know, characters that they can bowl over a crowd very early on. But for the most part, you know, you got to develop into an act where you can deliver your material to them, and. And you have to have them on your side, and and yeah. and a lot of times the, the the whole concept of just getting groans or alienating a crowd is not a great way to develop your act or or you know get more bookings, which is how you develop your act. Right. I think I think the most frustrating thing is when you have a younger person go into a show and they get there and they look out at the audience and they don't know what to do. 
they don't know how to pivot. Right. Mm. That's a big one. When you get to the show and you look out and you go, okay, this was not the audience I was expecting. You got to learn how to pivot fast because those jokes that you've been telling in the open mics to 20 somethings, it's not going to work for a bunch of 50 or 65 year olds. You got to pivot quick. And a lot of those kids don't. And then they panic. Right. Right. And then they get mad when the audience doesn't react to them. And it's like, because this is not your audience. Fix it. <laughs> there's also but there's also like like you know when I, when I was first started comedy you know however many years ago some of the older people in my crowd were coming of age in the 40s you know now you got a lot of people that came of age in the right you know 60s 70s and 80s were doing cocaine or going to orgies or, or you know streaking you know what I mean so the so so the, the whole notion that an old crowd is going to be you know, uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, people in powdered wigs, uh, you know, coming in on, uh, uh, you know, uh, a horse and carriage is kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? Like literally, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, Woodstock crowd or the Haight-Ashbury crowd and, and beyond, you know, the, the, yeah. the heavy metal punks and all that, you know, they're, they're old people now. Yeah. So you're not necessarily going to shock them, but you're going to be funny. That's the bottom line. It's like you it's and I've talked to people about this. You know, there are so few things that actually aren't on the table. You can talk about trans stuff. You can talk about almost anything if, first of all, you're funny. And if you're if you're not punching down and belittling, nothing's off the table. Like yes, racial right. stereotypes are still you can still talk about sure. almost anything if you're not being derogatory, punching down, and most importantly, if you are funny about it, yeah. and, and and that and that and that makes up for for a lot, uh, Lauren. So over the next couple months, where can people find you and see you, uh, follow you? Um, and I don't just mean home from a show. Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's called no stalking. No yeah, stalking. no stalking, please. Um, <laughs> people can follow me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Lauren Sims. Um, on uh, Facebook, uh, Lauren Sim 71 on Instagram. I promote all my shows there. Uh, this week, I'll be at China Blossom, which I'm very excited about. Woo! And what, uh, day, what day is that? Because this drops tomorrow. The 23rd. The 23rd. So next Saturday. Um, that's in North Andover. In two weeks, I'll be in Salem um, at the Polish Veterans Club. I hope I'm nice. getting that right. Uh, with uh, Sash Prada. Mass yeah. or New Hampshire? Mass. Uh, there Mass. you go. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Again, I put all this stuff out on uh, Facebook and, and things like that. Um, and then in October, I've got a few things coming up. But of course, I'm going totally blank right now because you put me on the spot. I'm sorry. I should have taken better notes. <laughs> um, and again, I put everything out there. I'm going to be putting out some great flyers. Uh, a friend of mine is going to be helping me do that. And um, I hope to see you all on the show soon. Greg, what do we have coming up for you, my friend? Oh, uh, well, you know, a little of this, a little of that. I'll be here and there. I think I'll be good. Uh, this weekend, I've got a bunch of family obligations. So I got like family reunions and stuff. Mom's going to be celebrating her 90th birthday. So, Happy yeah. birthday, yeah. mom. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, mom. Nine zero and something. Um, so that's this week. But then I think coming up, I'll, I'll be at the Luna Theater uh, the uh, last Thursday of the month. And I believe it's Carolyn Plummer. Oh, and, fantastic! Uh, yeah, JJ exactly. Jones, and then I think Christina. Christina, yeah, uh, uh, who's uh, all, Nick, already been Nick, on this podcast. Nick Powell. I okay, think, on that on that last show. 
So um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there and and, and put them on your radar, Lauren. Uh, this will be Extina's second time with Greg at the Luna Theater. I've seen her. Uh, 10, 15 times before that, something happened that night at the Luna Theater. It's, it is a really great place, as you know. And I don't know if it was something in the water or whatever. That night, she took two steps up. Like like her comedy, she really did. I mean, I've seen her do certain of those routines, but the confidence and the poise and the pauses and just she really has developed in a very short time. Nick Powell, um, he truly, if he says, you know what, I'm just going to be an MC host, he would have such a fucking amazing career as an MC host. I mean, he has a game show like waiting in his future as a host. And as a comic, I've never, I've never seen him do a show that I wasn't like, oh, fuck him. He's the best one in the room by far. Like the rest, <laughs> the rest of these fucks, including me, are fighting for second place. And I'm, oh, that's going to be a great line. But again, Greg, every lineup you have, what you, you get great middles, great great kids coming in it's really fantastic i will definitely be there and you greg are bogus news everywhere right on, on instagram and on twitter yeah tw- twitter i just basically shit on politics yeah, yeah. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't do a lot of comedy, <laughs> comedy. mostly uh, facebook and instagram is where i promote my shows um i, I can't say thank you enough to uh to to to, to you again uh biff and to you lauren it was fantastic Brad- Oh, fuck, Greg, Greg, white guys all look the same to me. Um, <laughs> but seriously, this was stupid fun. Uh, Lauren, I like uh, my, my life, uh, you know, uh, uh, a few months ago, I had uh, let me look at my notes. Oh, zero. I had zero sports kids. Uh, now I have one kid who plays. He hates the word soccer. So he plays on two football teams, one a travel team out of Nashua that he had a game. Christ sakes at the Canadian border on Saturday and my other kid and this is funny my theater kid my stand-up comic kid goes to a tiny charter school in Kingsboro but Drake at high put out a call a week ago saying we had to cancel our first football game. We don't have enough kids because Ooh. his school takes kids from Drake it it, it makes them eligible. He's uh-huh. never watched a game ever is now playing varsity football for Drake and I. So I do like literally from two o'clock to nine every night, I'm free Uber for my sons and their friends, um, which is great. I'm not complaining about that. We live in Lowell and a couple of my son's friends, you know, transportation is tough for the kids. So I don't mind doing it. Plus, and you get this as a mom, Lauren, I know my kids' friends and I know which ones it's like, Oh, sure. We can go pick up Lucas. Yeah, Lucas can stay over. Oh, buddy. Yeah, we got this thing at that place. Peter, Peter can't we don't have we don't have room in the car for Peter. You know, it's like (laughs) you know, so I know but I'm telling you, I love seeing shows at the China Blossom. Uh that lineup is great. And I'm going to Hella High Water, I will be there to support you uh at your China Blossom hosting. And and Greg, of course, you know, as usual, I will be bringing several friends to luna because it is it is my favorite place to see shows uh greg you've never disappointed as a curator of talent or as a host or a comic you by the way and i talked to you a little bit after last show uh most of your stuff last last time around when lauren was there was new stuff greg and it 
fucking killed all of it all of it landed yeah it's a fun room to do some working out in um you know and that's that's it's nice to have uh lauren good luck uh hosting down at the, the china blossom it's a thank you so it's much. a great lineup and, thank you and Jacques, uh you're an boy sent to collect a bill <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, lady, it was great. Uh, before I let you go, don't forget. It's funny. Now it's clothing shopping has changed in my 50s. Seriously. Back in the day, I would be shopping for going out, hot days, going clubbing. Now, I have three criteria for clothes. Doesn't come in black. Doesn't have pockets. And can it double as pajamas? There you go, kids. <laughs>